This podcast is proudly supported by Drama Victoria. Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. This is a script tease episode where we talk through some of the world's greatest plays, jump through the major plot points, give some background, and of course, spoil the endings, all in less than five minutes. We do the hard work so you can do the easy listening. Today we do Angels in America by Tony Cushman from 1991. Why is it called that? Firstly, this is set in America and there are angels in it, so you've got your title. But this mammoth play is in two parts that occur over two nights. Part one is called Millennium Approaches and part two is called Perestroika. Millennium Approaches refers to the time and place it is set before the year 2000 and also the end of an era, end of a life, end of a relationship and the worries that those have brought. Perestroika refers to the economic reform or reform from within. It is linked to the Russian Soviet Union and Mikhail Gorbachev in 1986, again dating the play, and speaks to the desire for the powerful to keep us all stagnant and still. The full title, A Gay Fantasia on National Themes, also speaks to the mix of styles that are going to be present throughout the piece. Also, the angels in the title are not just angels and visions that manifest on stage, it's also the real people that are the angels, the love we get from living a full life and being with others. Angels in America is about a lot of people, but it centres on one name, Prior Walter, who is diagnosed with AIDS. His partner then deserts him. Visions of angels convince Prior to stop seeing this as a death sentence and provide him with the catalyst he needs and inspiration to live his life. We meet several other couples and friends whose lives and relationships change throughout the play. What we end up with is a multicultural, multi-form group of diverse friends and a provocation from prior to go out and get more out of life. Part 1, Millennium Approaches. The year is 1985, the place is New York and our protagonist prior is at a funeral. His partner's grandmother Sarah has died. This is where Pryor tells Lewis he has AIDS. Lewis does not take it well. Later Pryor is hospitalised and Lewis leaves him. We also meet Joe, who is married to Harper. He is a closeted homosexual conservative Mormon. His wife Harper, who is addicted to tranquilizers, is very much in denial. Roy, a lawyer who is helping Joe with her career, is also closeted and offers Joe a job in Washington. This puts more strain on their marriage. Harper withdraws into fantasy and in a shared dream, Pryor and Harper discuss their lives. Joe walks in on Lewis crying in the bathroom at work. Lewis tells him about his friend Pryor. Joe calls Hannah his mother and comes out of the closet. This inspires her to sell her house and move to New York. Harper begins the process of separating from Joe. Later, Roy is diagnosed with AIDS. Joe and Lewis meet up again in a park and kiss, and Lewis invites him home. At the end of 1985, Pryor's condition worsens. Pryor is convinced he is hallucinating, as he begins to see vivid visions of ghosts, hear God's voice, and see a bolt of magical lightning. We end part one with an angel crashing through the roof and announcing Pryor as a prophet. Part 2, Perestroika. The oldest living Bolshevik named Alexei is against social and political growth and demands that the world stay as it is. We then pick up where we left off at Lewis's apartment, where Joe and he have made love. Harper is arrested in Brooklyn due to a mesmerizing Antarctic dream, and Hannah goes to help her. Pryor wakes up in his bedroom with no sign of an angel, so he calls his nurse friend Belize, who is busy because Roy is in hospital with what they are calling liver cancer, but is actually AIDS, as we know. 
Belize loathes Choi for his conservatism and for being closeted. Ethel Rosenberg, a convicted Soviet spy, enters in ghost form. It appears Roy played a part in her execution for treason in 1953 and she hates him for it, but they both comfort Roy. Using his status and connections, Roy ensures he is part of a study that is testing the experimental drug AZT. He even manages to get a stash of the drug for himself in case he is given the placebo. Weeks after his meeting with the angel, Pryor tells Belize what happened. After coming to the roof and giving him a book, he has sex with the ethereal angel. It is mentioned that the angels who have been abandoned by God get their power from human sexual activity. It seems that God abandoned heaven after humans started to migrate and change. The message is clear and Pryor must proclaim it for all. If humans stop progressing and growing socially and culturally, God will return to heaven. Even though Pryor insists it was a real experience, Belize suggests it was probably a dream or an effect of the AIDS. Pry does not know if he believes he is a prophet, but he does start dressing like one. Joe lets Lewis know that he is a Mormon, and Belize tells Lewis that Joe is Roy's right-hand man. That same day, Pry collapses in the Mormon Visitor's Center, where Harper has spent some of her time watching and having visions of the Mormon diorama. He is there to learn more about angels. Hannah takes him to the hospital. Lewis challenges Joe about his work with Roy. They fight, and Joe punches Lewis. That night, Roy dies. When the angel appears to Pryor again, Hannah tries to get him to wrestle the angel, and he wins. And a ladder to heaven appears for Pryor to climb. Belize suggests Lewis come to the hospital to say a Jewish prayer for Roy and steal his AZT drugs. Pryor is in heaven and talks with angels. Pryor asks for a blessing which they give. He also tells them he does not want to be a prophet. Pryor returns to his hospital bed and his new friends are there. Harper leaves Joe for good, heading for San Francisco. Lewis and Pryor proclaim their love for each other, but Pryor does not want to be with Lewis. We jump to 1990, where Pryor tells the audience he has lived with AIDS for five years now. He gives a blessing to the audience and tells them the great work will continue. If you didn't know the play before, you do now, a bit. If you like the sound of it, have a read. That was Scriptease. Remember, this was just our version of quite an epic play, highlighting the bits that we think are important. You may also have your favourite bits and moments that you want to mention. If you have any, please do leave a comment on SoundCloud or Facebook. We'd love to hear from you about angels in America. That's all from us at The Aside in this episode of Scriptease. There are a load of episodes in the bank, including more Scriptteases and over 200 episodes of The Aside. If you would like to ask us a question, do not hesitate to do so at asidepodcast at outlook.com. Thank you to Eltham College for letting us record here, to Aaron Searle for providing the music, to Drama Victoria for their ongoing support. Of course, thank you for listening. <laughs>